0: what is going on everybody welcome back to the mind over macros podcast as always i'm your host mike milner today i have a very important topic to discuss i am going to be breaking down all things binge eating emotional eating boredom eating and why they happen and how to stop it and this is a sensitive subject i have personal experience with all of these things I also have experienced coaching individuals through a lot of these disordered eating tendencies. And pretty much everybody who has tried to lose weight, is trying to lose weight, or wants to lose weight, has and or will experience some form of binge eating, overindulging, emotional eating, boredom eating. It's so freaking common. I'm doing this episode because I want to destigmatize these topics. We need to have more difficult conversations like this and normalize it. It is part of the human experience. You are not alone if you struggle with these things. In fact, you are in the majority. If you do not struggle with these things, that's amazing. You are in the minority, which is, you know, I guess a good minority to be a part of because you don't have these struggles, but I, I just want to be open and more transparent about these issues that we often hide or we just brush aside. And it's it gets bad when you're doing a program and you have these issues and the company line is to just be more consistent or to just get back on track. And we never actually address the root of why these things are happening in the first place. So that's really what I, what I want to discuss today. Uh, before I do, uh, we have our review giveaway. I want to add a little bit of a layer to this because it's been great. But somebody messaged me on Instagram and said that she had left a five star rating like months ago. And so now she can't enter the giveaway uh, each month or each week because. The way that Apple podcasts work is once you leave your five-star review, uh, it doesn't allow you to leave another one unless it's from a different device or a different, I think they use the Apple ID to determine. So like if you've already done it, then it's in there and you can't do it again, which then means that you can't leave a review each week to be eligible to win our weekly giveaway. So I want to add another layer to it. So here's what I'm thinking. We'll continue with the five-star review giveaway. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, if you just go to Apple Podcasts and you leave a five-star rating and review, you're eligible to win a prize every single week. Um, Obviously, it has to be a new review. So you get that chance to leave a review and then the opportunity to win. So for example, this week, we had six reviews, which means you had a one in six chance of winning. And the winner, uh, I'm going to read the review, says, uh, amazing real-life topics. The lifestyle episode really hit home. What is realistic for you as a person and family makes a huge difference. The information is well-researched and it's delivered in a personal, honest way. There are so many takeaways to every episode. Haven't missed one yet. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. I really appreciate it. The username for this review is Shscnp. S-H-S-C-N-P. Congratulations. You get a supplement of your choice from one of our sponsors, Organified or Cured or something from our own pop line. And all you have to do is email me. The email address is mike at performance.com. So for this coming week, if you leave a five-star rating and review, you will be eligible to win. You can also take a screenshot of this episode and post it to your stories on Instagram. And you must tag me at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner. Everybody that does that, will also be eligible to win every single week. So each week, I'm going to do this announcement for the giveaway. And if you share it to your stories on Instagram and tag me, because when you tag me, it's really easy for me to keep track of. If you don't tag me, then I probably won't see it and you won't be eligible. Uh, So you have to screen grab the episode, tag me on Instagram, post it to your stories. You'll be eligible to win as well. So that's how you can keep entering each week. Uh, so I appreciate the outreach uh, by uh, somebody who messaged me on Instagram and said, I want to I be eligible to do this each week. I want to share and spread the word about the podcast, but I can't leave more than one five-star review. And here is my solution to that. So that's what we're going to do moving forward. The other thing that I want to announce, and this has to do with our brand new pop app that is absolutely incredible so far. We have received amazing feedback from everybody that has participated in our challenge with the app, uh, the functionality, being able to track everything in one place, having your nutrition in there, your workouts in there. Um, we have the ability to put a lot of resources in the app, which we've already done. Uh, there's been some really powerful uh, Q&As that we've done with, with various guests and a bunch of PDF guides and recipe guides and grocery lists. and training resources and all of the stuff that's in there. It's been super helpful. So what I want to do is take the next five minutes to break down all of the options that we have moving forward for coaching within our app. If you don't want to hear this, if you want to just fast forward, it'll be about five minutes. So you can just skip ahead about five minutes and uh, I won't be mad at you because I understand that. Not, a, not everybody cares about what we're doing on the coaching side of things, uh, but here's how it's going to work. We have our lowest level tier of coaching, which is called Pop Foundations. The Pop Foundations program is $37 a month. It's month to month. You can cancel any time. What it gets you is monthly training, access to our app for the workouts and programming, which by the way, is all done by JK, who is an absolute wizard when it comes to program design. You get our entire video library of exercises. You have built-in alternate exercises that are uh, makes it accessible for at-home workouts or if you have limited equipment. You get accountability and support through our app message board. You get expert programming to optimize body composition. That's specifically how JK will be writing the programs. They will run the programs will run in eight-week cycles with built-in progressions, uh, so you don't have to worry about how am I going to progress? He is going to be programming with built-in progressions. Um, The program will emphasize progressive overload, which is super important for muscle maintenance and or muscle building. And he's also going to write the programs where you can do up to um, anywhere from two to four days per week of training, which can also be done concurrently with any existing cardio-focused program. Um, So that's going to be our POP Foundation's program that is our, our training only option. Then we have our pop essentials program, which is going to be 147 a month, month to month, cancel anytime. Um, for that program, you get an initial macro prescription and a personalized nutrition plan that's based solely on your goals. You get biweekly check-ins. Um, actually, I'm going to be doing most of the coaching in this program. So if you wanted to work with me, uh, this is the option. And to be able to work with me for 147 a month is kind of a steal, in my opinion, for whatever that's worth. Um, You get biweekly check-ins so that we can make adjustments based on your results and how your body's progressing and responding. You get accountability and support through our app message board. You get video support on the psychology of behavior change and goal achievement. So I'm going to be walking you through a weekly video series that is very short and digestible. Going through the science of behavior change and goal achievement, something that I feel like is my specialty. Um, So, we're going to incorporate that into this program. You'll get some simple meal plans uh, or meal guides, I should say. I don't like the word meal plans, but uh, kind of resources to simplify the food choices that you're making, grocery lists and things of that nature, some macro friendly recipes. You're going to get monthly support calls. And we're also going to be bringing in some experts um, every single month to also do some exclusive calls with this group. And then you'll get free access, uh, free access to everything that was in the POP Foundation. So all that training stuff. Obviously, if you're doing your own training program, uh, you won't have to incorporate that, but you will get free access to all of those uh, training things that I mentioned from the previous tier of coaching. And then the last tier that we have is our POP Premier, which is our one-on-one coaching program. Um, it's by application only and we have limited spots available each month. So we switched up how we're doing the enrollment. Now it's just one enrollment period per month. Um, right now that is at capacity until the end of March. If you're interested in one-on-one coaching, what I recommend you do is get on our wait list, reach out to me and say that you're interested. And that way you'll get first access when we reopen enrollment uh, because typically we do about 15 spots each month. And it's like a week period of enrollment, like one week. And that's it. If we hit 15 people in two days, then it closes. Or if it takes the full week, whatever comes first, that's how it works. But if you want to get on the wait list, just message me directly on Instagram and I'll put you on our wait list. And that is the one-on-one coaching support uh, where all plans are customized to your preference. It could be macro-based, it can be non-macro-based, it can be a combination of both. You have twenty-four-seven access to your coach for questions, guidance, support, accountability. You get weekly check-ins to assess your progress and make any necessary changes. You get phone calls on demand. You can um, you'll get our neurotyping system and principles integrated for greater adherence and enjoyability. Just making sure that the whole process matches your personality. Uh, The ability to work through complex situations uh, like hormonal imbalances, gut health issues. If you're going through uh, perimenopause or menopause, this is the best option for you. Uh, Mindset support and improvements in your relationship with food. That's going to be a big thing that I'm talking about on this episode is uh, your relationship with food and, and binge eating, things of that nature. Making sure that the plan fits your lifestyle so that your results are permanent and then you'll get free access to all of our neurotype training programs, free access to everything that's included in the pop essentials program. And then you get priority access to any challenges that we run, any events or promotions that we do. Um, so that's the pop premiere. Those are the three tiers. Uh, right now, because the pop premiere is at capacity, we're really focusing on the pop essentials. That's the 147 a month. Um, for anybody that's listening to this podcast, if you, message me the word essentials on Instagram at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner. If you message me the word essentials, I will give you 50% off your first month for the essentials program. That is anybody that listens to the podcast that that is listening right now. And you want that middle tier, the pop essentials program at 50% off your first month. Keep in mind there's no long-term commitment. It is month to month. Cancel anytime. So it's $147 a month. You'll get 50% off your first month. You can stay. You can leave. You can do whatever you want. Just message me on Instagram, the word essentials, and I will get you hooked up with a coupon or a promo code for 50% off. All right. So that was my long-winded intro. I apologize. I know that not everybody likes it when I talk about our coaching, but you know, I got a business to run, and uh, we help a lot of people. And I think that the app is going to allow us to serve more people in a way. Like, I hate it when when someone says to me, "I can't afford coaching." Uh, it really bothers me because I know how transformational and life changing it is. So now we have lowered the barrier of entry. I feel like this is going to help a ton of people who understand the importance of coaching and support and accountability. But just can't make the investment for our top level program. But they know, like, I need some guidance. I'm tired of doing this on my own. I'm tired of not reaching my goals. So, um, and, and yes, I'm, I am not going to shy away from the fact that I am running a business. I am a small business owner. I believe wholeheartedly in what we do. I think that we do it better than anybody else in the world. And I fully stand behind that and believe that to my core. So I apologize if it if it rubs you the wrong way that I'm talking about our services if I'm talking about our program, but if it bothers you that much, then just stop listening and and we can just so we can still be friends we can still love each other from afar. But uh, maybe it's just not the best fit here. Anyway, let's let's get to it. We're going to talk about binge eating and uh, emotional eating, and um, I think the first thing is understanding what binge eating actually is. So I should also caveat this with the fact that I am not a therapist. I am not a psychologist. And if you truly feel like you need professional support, I I highly recommend you go down that path. Uh, I can tell you that therapy for me, both personal, like individual therapy and couples therapy has been probably the best investment I've made in myself since I hired a coach for my nutrition and training. Like, the The return on investment is very similar, uh, from what I remember, like finally figure think figuring things out for myself with my own nutrition and actually implementing uh, something that was based on my personality. Really incredible and and life changing experience. And then over the past year, uh, investing in therapy, both couples therapy, it's significantly improved my relationship with Mel um, and how we communicate and how we get along and and the growth and evolution of our relationship. And also for me as a person, as an individual, it has been such a game changer. So whether you are struggling with binge eating disorder or not, um, I think that it's something that everybody can benefit from. I'm talking about therapy. So um, just keep that in mind that I am not a therapist. I do have a lot of experience working with individuals who struggle with their relationship with food Um, But I'm not here to treat or cure binge eating disorder, um, because that would be out of my scope. So I think that these things can work synergistically, meaning therapy and nutrition coaching. I think they should work synergistically. So that's the perspective that I'm coming from. Um, But let's talk about binge eating disorder. It's effectively described as a as an eating disorder where you frequently consume unusually large amounts of food, and you feel Unable to stop, and, and that's really important. It's that feeling of uh, you know not being able to control or stop yourself. A lot of people overeat on occasion, like almost everybody. So you might be thinking like, oh, well, at that like birthday party or that holiday event, like I went, I had like three plates, and that you know felt really gross. But that like is not binge eating. That's just you overate, you overindulged a little bit. Uh, for some people, the extent of overeating, it feels completely out of control and it is more of a regular occurrence. And that's kind of where we cross over into that area of binge eating, uh, where it is excessive and it's there's a pattern and it feels uncontrollable. You also may feel embarrassed about overeating. You may constantly tell yourself it's never going to happen again. So those are some red flags and some signs that you've kind of crossed over into that binge eating disorder territory where you're like, I'm never going to do that again. I promise I'm not going to stuff myself like that. I feel totally ashamed and embarrassed. Uh, But then you feel this this compulsion that uh, you cannot resist the urges. They they keep showing up and eventually you give in. Uh, Some of the symptoms, I think a lot of times people assume that if you are binge eating, that you're... You're overweight or obese, uh, but it's possible that you are at a normal weight uh, because oftentimes people who binge eat are people who frequently diet, and a lot of times it's dieting frequently without weight loss. Uh, like it, it prevents you from from reaching your goals. It can prevent you from reaching your goals. Uh, some other symptoms might include eating a, I don't know, let's call it an unusually large amount of food in a specific time period, like an hour or two hours, um, feeling that the behavior is out of control. That's that's like a big one. Um, eating even when you're not hungry, like you're feeling totally full, but you find yourself still eating more. Uh, the pace at which you're eating. Oftentimes during a binge, it is rapid consumption. Uh, the feeling of being uncomfortably full Like you don't, you, you pass the level of fullness and you go to uncomfortable fullness, uh, frequently eating alone or in secret, trying to hide the food that you're consuming. And then some of the emotions that would be associated with it is guilt, uh, shame, feeling depressed, feeling disgusted and grossed out by yourself. Um, and, and all of those things are symptoms of binge eating. So I think ultimately what's important is the causes and triggers of binge eating. Uh, there's there's going to be psychological triggers. There's going to be environmental triggers. But then we also have to look at stress. We have to look at boredom. We have to look at social situations. And the most important thing here is to identify your own tri- triggers and patterns that exist. because. The first step of any process of, of healing is awareness. And oftentimes we only look at the binge itself, but we don't look at the psychological environmental factors. We don't look at the triggers. Uh, and we don't look at our own patterns of behavior. And so I think that it's important to recognize that the, the binge is not the issue. The binge is more of the symptom or it's more of the alarm. I think that's a better way to put it. The binge itself is the alarm and it's basically your body telling you and your brain telling you something's not right. Something's not right. And and this goes really for, for pretty much any disordered behavior. Like oftentimes we think, oh, it's the alcohol that's the problem no like the the alcohol abuse is the symptom there's there's something else underlying that is the issue the same thing with binge eating there's the binge itself is the alarm it's the wake up call it's the hey pay attention the alert and so what are we paying attention to we're, we're, we we want to pay attention to the psychological and environmental factors that went into it we want to pay attention to the triggers stress boredom social influence And then we want to pay attention to the pattern. Um, Are we noticing trends that happen with each binge and can we connect those dots and start to to identify a pattern? Um, So first, before I go into a little bit about assessing the events leading up to the binge, I think we have to look at what do we do to overcome it first? Um, And I'm going to get more into that in a second, but the first thing is I mentioned this already, professional help, seek professional help. Um, and also people that you're, you're close with, uh, you know, sometimes we try to hide it from loved ones. Um, our loved ones can be the ones that give us a lot of support and care. So if that's not the case for you, I know it's not the case for everyone. So, um, professional help I think is, is really the way to go. And then we want to look at coping mechanisms for stress and negative emotions. Um, we want to develop some healthy coping mechanisms for stress and negative emotions. And I think oftentimes, um, I really think that's one of the things that we aren't taught at a young enough age is how to cope with stress and how to cope with negative emotions. Uh, we, we find ourselves often in this negative feedback loop of feeling bad and then having a coping mechanism that is destructive when negative emotions are, are, are present. So it creates this cycle where you do something that you're not proud of, and then because you feel bad, you go to your coping mechanism, which is a destructive one, and then because it's destructive, now you feel bad again, and it just keeps layering on top of, you know, it's it's this perpetual cycle, and we have to be able to exit that feedback loop and insert a healthy coping mechanism for stress and negative emotions, being able to sit with your emotions to observe your emotions to get curious about your emotions to not act on your emotions to have ways of navigating stress of de-stressing. Uh, I'm going to give you an analogy in a in a second that I think will paint this picture really well. I think another thing that's often overlooked is is developing mindful eating techniques. How do you sit down in a, a way that's present and like truly in this? Parasympathetic rest and digest state, because most of the time, binge eating is a stress response, which is why the the consumption happens rapidly and often from a subconscious state, like you're you're mindlessly eating. If we can practice and insert mindful eating techniques, like slowing down and breathing, and actually chewing your food, and and just extending the time frame of eating the process and and being present and finding ways to activate your senses. Like you want to smell your food. You want to taste your food. You want to enjoy your food. You want to express gratitude towards your food. Like I know these things sound strange, but mindful eating can also be a huge benefit to uh, overcoming binge eating. And then having some kind of structure and plan to your day and to your meals can also be really helpful. Not always, Um, but look, I think what's important is that when I'm saying these things, it's not to say like, oh, just do one of these things and you're gonna stop binging forever. It's to say some of these things will be helpful for certain individuals and what we wanna do is we wanna continue to try and to continue to insert these practices until we find our way out uh, and that's, that's the key. It's not just saying like, okay, I do this one thing. Like, okay, I created this structure to my day and to my eating schedule, and now I should just magically stop binging. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying, it can be helpful. It's not gonna be a one and done situation because the way that we overcome these things is we get gradually better over time. And we have to approach this from the perspective of self-compassion And understanding that recovery in itself is a process. Um, So I can just tell you that we've had tons of clients. Um, In fact, we have two clients in particular that come to mind who were totally unaware of their binge eating tendencies, totally unaware. They did not mention it when we spoke to them about working together. Um, They did not mention it with their coach in their initial onboarding discussion with their coach. They didn't mention it on their first check-ins. And these are not, two people are completely unrelated. Um, They happen to be working with the same coach, but they just purely lacked awareness. And I think that may sound strange. Like how could somebody be unaware that they're binging because it is a coping mechanism And it is often subconscious and it often happens in this heightened, stressed out state. So a lot of times we are acting out of habit. We're acting from a place of mindlessness and it's easy to go through the motions of something like that that's been ingrained in you for a long time without even noticing the pattern that exists and not even truly grasping the scope or the magnitude of what's happening. So it's completely normal to feel that way where you where you become aware and you're like holy shit how did i not know that this was happening. So these two individuals that we are working with have gone first they they recognized on their own again these are two unrelated clients they just happen to be going through a similar journey. They went from unaware and then through the the communication process and check-in process with their coach, I think it was right around week 2 or week 3 that they both were like, "Oh my god, I've been doing this and sabotaging my results and now that I think about it, like this this is a pattern. This is almost weekly." And I never even recognized it because it was just such a subconscious habit. So first was becoming aware. Uh now they've been working with their coach for 2 3 months and have not had a single binge episode uh since that first month of working together so it can be done like there's absolutely hope um you can overcome it you can eliminate it from your life and and even if the like ultimately what we're trying to do is is increase the distance between binge episodes even if it happens again and you're like you know it is what it is But if we increase like these, these two clients, like even if it happens again, what we've done is we went from weekly to let's say every other month, right? And that's a win. And then if we go from every other month to quarterly and then quarterly to semi annually, and then, you know what I'm saying? Like we can look at recovery and healing as a process and it's not linear. So maybe it goes from every other month and then back to every other week and then back to monthly. And then, and over time we zoom out and we look at gradual progress. That's all that we're trying to do is look at gradual progress over time. So the biggest thing that I, the biggest issue that I have is we often look at the binge itself and we try to, and we try to assess that part of it. Like as an individual, if you overindulge, if you make some poor food decisions. If you, if, even if it's not a full-on binge, but you just feel like I didn't make the best decisions, we always look at the, the situation. Like everyone can relate to, oh, there's some food at work that you didn't want to eat. Candy in the break room. Somebody brought in donuts. Somebody brought in cookies. Somebody had a birthday. There was a cake there. And you had intended to not eat those things And then you did. Everyone can relate to that. And we always look at that moment, the moment of choosing the cookies, the cake, the donuts, whatever. And we beat ourselves up for giving in. And we often look at it from a a willpower perspective, from a discipline perspective. And we fail to assess what really happened leading up to that moment. Because remember, the moment itself is just the alarm it's just the alarm it's just the red flag it's not the issue so i'm i'm actually currently watching uh the show ozark on netflix and i know it's an old show but uh i'm i'm late to the game started watching it a little while ago typically i have time for like i don't know if i'm looking at a 7 day week maybe i get in like 4 episodes over over the week of any of any show uh that's that's about my average like 4 episodes per week so it's taking me a while because Ozark, I think, has four or five seasons. I'm on season three right now. Anyway, they had this episode where one of the characters uh has an overdose and she lives, but she overdoses because her drugs were laced with something, and I think fentanyl. And um what I really appreciated about the episode it was cool because they they show the over like the, the episode starts with her in the I think being like revived. Uh, From the overdose and then the screen flashes and it's like 30 minutes before and they show her actually doing the drugs that caused the overdose. And then then the screen flashes one day before and they show her picking up the drugs from the drug dealer and then the screen flashes two days before and they show the drug dealer getting the drugs from his supplier and then it keeps going and they show the person who laced the drugs with fentanyl like they they kind of break down from the event itself. And then they rewind all of the things that led up to the event. Right. And, and I think, you know, ultimately what would have been really cool is like, if they showed some stuff from her childhood, from her upbringing, the things that she experienced in life, her traumas that caused her to turn to drugs in the first place. And that would have been like, Hey, there there's the root cause. Now we have the root cause of why this person felt the need to turn to drugs in the first place. And now we can address the solution from there. But I think it was such a great illustration of how we always focus on the, the thing itself, the event itself, but we never look at all of the things that caused that event. Or when did we start to develop this coping mechanism in the first place? At a certain point in your life, you developed certain coping mechanisms around negative emotions, stress, or boredom. I will give you a personal example. This is something that I'm working through with with, uh, my therapist. My coping mechanism is suppression. When I'm dealing with negative emotions, when I'm dealing with stress, when I'm dealing with stuff that's going on in my life that's hard and difficult, I often bottle it up and I push it down and it goes into this dark place that I don't want to touch. That has led to self-destructive behaviors in my past. I am aware now and and by the way, I was not aware until recently. Um, this is something that was brought to my attention through therapy. Hey, this is my coping mechanism. this is what I learned as a child to how to this is this was what I learned when it comes to difficult emotions and stress. I learned to suppress. At a certain point in time, you developed your own coping mechanisms around negative emotions, stress, or boredom. Food is often a common choice because it's it's comforting, it's soothing, it's predictable, and it's readily available. And we know, like, food's always been there for us. We know it's reliable. At a certain point in time, you've also developed a narrative about yourself, certain stories that run in the background of your brain. That your brain will seek to confirm. And so, if you're telling yourself that you're not good enough, if you're telling yourself that you can't be successful, if you're telling yourself that you're not lovable, then you will take action to confirm those beliefs, whether you're aware of it or not. You'll always, your brain will always pull you back into that confirmation of those narratives. The binge is the symptom. The binge is the symptom of that unhealed void or trauma. The binge is the symptom of those stories that you've been telling yourself that aren't serving you. The analogy that that just nailed it for me was I heard a, a psychologist who's highly regarded. His name is Gabor Mate. Uh, you can look him up. He is highly regarded as, as the best psychologist when it comes to childhood trauma and how it relates to chronic disease and coping mechanisms and um, all of these things that that we deal with in our adult lives that started when we were very young. Um, fascinating individual, highly recommend looking up his work. And he talked about this, this beach ball analogy. So when you are feeling, let's say, stress or um, negative emotions, a lot of times the way that we cope is we push it underwater kind of like what i was mentioning with suppression like we we don't want to face difficult emotions we don't want to face negative emotions we don't want to like we we let our stress bubble blow up so much that it's like oh my god i've got this big ball of stress i'm just going to shove it under the under the surface so you start to feel these difficult things that you don't want to feel you push the beach ball underwater you power through like all these daily stressors start adding up over time you push the beach ball, water, and you know, hold it underwater even further. You try to submerge it even more. Um, you have these unrealistic standards and expectations of yourself, trying to be perfect. You're people pleasing. You're trying to be everything to everyone, so you push the beach ball underwater even further, and then you find yourself waking up in this days of there's cookie crumbs everywhere, you have an empty box of pizza, and you're uncomfortably full, you're feeling gross, you're feeling miserable, the beach ball just exploded above the surface because you could not physically hold it there anymore. And then you get mad at yourself, not for having a beach ball underwater, but you get mad at yourself for not being able to hold it underwater. You feel guilty about it, you feel shame around it. Let's address why the beach ball is there in the first place. Let's address why it's so full of air. Even if you use the example that's not directly related to binge eating, but somebody who just simply has a willpower letdown in a moment. And let's just say it's not that bad. Like It's not a full-on binge. It's not uncontrollable. It's just a little overindulgence. Let's just say that you have a willpower breakdown. It is a similar concept where you have been allowing this beach ball to get full of air with all of these little stressors that you aren't managing, all of these negative emotions that you're not dealing with, that you're not facing, and it just keeps getting more full of air and harder to submerge underwater. Or another way of saying it is your willpower battery is just draining and draining and draining, and it is a finite resource. Now, the cool thing about willpower is it recharges when we, when we sleep and when we you know treat ourselves to some self-care and when we do things that are good for our well-being and insert healthy habits into our lives, we are going to keep that willpower battery nice and strong and, and charged. But if you're having a moment, don't look at the moment. Look at why the battery is on empty. How did the battery go from 100% to 0%? How did the beach ball get so full of air? Why are you trying to submerge it underwater rather than what most people do, which is vowing to do better? A typical pattern with people who binge is I will do better next time. I will not allow this to happen again. And then what do they do? They they vow. They're basically vowing to do better at holding the beach ball underwater, which it's impossible. You can't hold it underwater any longer it's been there for too long what you need to see, address is how is it getting so full of air what are the patterns that exist that are allowing it to get so full of air what are the coping mechanisms that exist that are forcing me to push it underwater what are the stories that i'm telling myself that my brain is seeking to confirm those are the things that we need to do instead of vowing to do better We need to look at how do we charge our battery? How do we deflate that balloon? How do we approach this process with compassion and curiosity instead of guilt and shame? If you feel guilty, it's okay. It's okay to feel guilt. These are emotions. There's nothing wrong with emotions. There's nothing inherently good or bad about emotions. They are just energy in motion. But In motion is the most important thing. If you hide from that feeling, if you try to suppress that feeling, it will be like its own little beach ball that comes back up above the surface. You haven't taken the air out of the guilt. You haven't gone into it and popped it. Uh, I don't know if this analogy is still holding up, but hopefully it makes sense. Like you, you have to know how to cope and process and have positive outlets for your difficult emotions. Otherwise, you're just keeping the balloon full or the beach ball full and you're pushing the guilt underwater. And it's going to come back above the surface, even more powerful than it in its original form. If you just address it and you sit with it and you identify it and you think about what it's trying to communicate to you, and if you approach it with compassion and curiosity, then you will let that air out of the beach ball. You will no longer feel that guilt because it will pass like a cloud. And then you can take action in inserting positive outlets, in changing your environment to support the lifestyle that you want, and being able to give yourself the grace that you need, being able to have healthy habits that are serving you in terms of how you move your body and how you fuel your body and uh, not always telling yourself that you're not worthy and not lovable and not enough. We have to find ways to deflate the beach ball. We have to find ways to recharge our batteries. So the most important thing here is exiting that pattern. You have to decide to stop it. You have to decide to rewrite those narratives that are dictating your decisions. You have to actually do that internal work to find positive coping mechanisms. You have to take intentional actions each day that deflate your beach ball. You know, a lot of times uh, clients will say, you know, I I did the positive outlet, right? I felt I felt like I wanted to binge. I felt this compulsion come over me. I did the positive outlet. I went for a walk, I got outside. Right, that's really helpful, but you didn't address the emotions. You just, you tried to save, like the beach ball was already coming up above the surface and you just tried to save it by, you know, you're trying to like catch it and submerge it again by getting outside for a walk. And I'm not saying that that's not beneficial, I'm saying it's a little bit too late at that point because you didn't address why you reached your tipping point in the first place. You already felt the compulsion. You already felt the urge, which means the beach ball was already full of air and it was already underwater for a long time. So we have to go back and identify the patterns and we have to identify what are we doing on a daily basis. Maybe you're trying to be too perfect. Maybe you're being too hard on yourself. Maybe you're setting unrealistic standards for what you can you know, realistically do. Maybe this whole process is... Is weighing on you like you're trying so hard to lose weight and you're, you're putting all of this pressure on yourself to see the scale go down and you're not focusing on the daily habits that serve you, the positive habits that serve you every single day. You're so focused on the outcome that you're ignoring the process. You're not loving the process. How can you love the process? Literally like that should be the question. When you reach that tipping point, we got to go back. What are the emotions that I'm not dealing with? What are the triggers in my environment, in my mind that I'm not dealing with? What are the daily actions and habits that are not deflating my beach ball? How can I fall in love with this process? I love the process. I still find myself in moments of binging. It's something I told you, I have personal experience. It's happened to me before, it'll happen to me again. What I recognize when it happens, I let the stress boil over for way too long. I found myself defaulting to old coping mechanisms of suppression, not dealing with my emotions, not dealing with the stress that's happening, that's building up over time. And then it's very apparent. Okay, cool. I know exactly. I'm not going to beat myself up. I know why it happened. I know what I didn't do. And here's what I'm going to do to make sure it doesn't happen again. Now, I don't don't vow to never overindulge again. What I vow is I am going to give myself grace and compassion. I'm going to learn from this. And I'm going to try to do better. I'm going to try not to suppress my emotions. I'm going to try... To identify them, to see what they're trying to tell me, to not ignore them. I'm going to try to have more stress relieving activities in my day to day. What can I do this week that will help deflate my beach ball? Uh, you know, a lot of times it's funny. Like I'll, I'll notice this most subtle little change. Like when I'm stressed out and I'm not dealing with it, I'll skip my whole morning routine will be different. Like just, just subtly, like I'll skip my green juice, for example. You guys know, like every morning I do the same exact thing. I drink my lemon water. I drink my Organifi green juice. I have a cup of coffee and I write. If I'm stressed and I'm not dealing with it, I'll go right to the coffee. It's the most subtle difference, but it is a red flag that I noticed. Now, where are the patterns? That's a pattern. I can that can give me the warning sign before the binge. I just skip, I skip the water, I skip the green juice, and I just go right for the coffee. That is a massive red flag for me. You have to find those patterns in yourself. Or at night, I'll skip the gold juice because I'm so stressed out. I'm like, I can't even think about unwinding right now. I have to stay on my phone, I have to answer this text, I have to answer this client, I have to answer this email. No, stop, stick with the routine. I have to be intentional and, and pay attention to those red flags. What are those things that you're doing when you find yourself in that moment? As an aside, I think having those morning and wind down routines are really beneficial. And, and I'm not saying that there's magic to a morning routine. I'm saying that if you're do if you're starting your day and ending your day with something that deflates your beach ball... You're, you're putting yourself at an advantage. If you don't, if you're just winging it and there's nothing that bookends your day with some, some wind down and some deflation, for lack of a better word, uh, I think you're missing out on a huge opportunity. For me, it's really straightforward. It's lemon water, green juice, coffee and right. The end of the day, gold juice and chill. Like that's. That's our version, Mel and I, of Netflix and chill. It's gold juice and chill. If you need some for yourself, Organifi actually is doing free shipping right now. Um, I think the day that this episode comes out, you have like one or two days to order for free shipping. Um, so we always give you 20% off, but you can get 20% off all of their products plus free shipping if you order by February 28th. So go to Organifi.com slash Fam. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com slash P-O-P-F-A-M and use code POPFAM at checkout for 20% off. Plus, you get free shipping. If you order by February 28th, I highly recommend you get the green juice, uh, crisp apple flavor and the gold chocolate flavor. Those are my two favorites. But look at all of their products because they have some amazing stuff that will help you deflate your beach ball. It will help you wind down. If you use the gold juice, it will help you calm your brain down, be more mindful, put yourself in that rest and digest mode that we so desperately need. If you start your day with a positive habit, it is going to help you recharge that willpower battery, recharge um, and deflate the beach ball. Like These are things that we can insert that are low barrier of entry and easy to maintain. So go to Organify.com slash popfam, use code popfam at checkout, get 20% off plus free shipping if you order by February 28th. So ultimately, if you want to assess why this behavior exists in the first place, when it feels so like it feels so misaligned. You have these goals you want to achieve, and yet you keep sabotaging your efforts, it can feel very misaligned. But recognize that this type of behavior is is a form of control it's predictability it's the devil i know and that's often why we do it because we're protecting ourselves so it gives us this per- perceived sense of safety right if i'm if i'm feeling these emotions and i don't address them that means that they're they're unpredictable they're scary they're uncertain i don't know what they mean we go to the the place of safety and control I know what happens when I binge. I know these feelings. I know these emotions. I know this pattern. It's comforting to your brain because it's predictable. There is nothing more predictable than sabotaging your own progress to keep yourself stuck. The same place, right? It's predictable. The same place that you're in right now. It's known. It's predictable. It creates a known problem. When you embark into that unknown, vulnerable place, it's scary. But the irony of all of this is that even though it's used as a form of control and safety, it is actually the least secure. It's actually the most unsafe. It is actually, it it is not something that you're controlling. You feel like you're in control, but you're in control of not getting what you want out of your life. And that's not the control that we should be seeking. So when you think about it, it's. This perfectionist mindset, this all or nothing thinking, the sabotaging behavior, it's the least secure. It's the most unsafe because it is preventing you from becoming who you want to become and achieving what you want to achieve. So we have to train ourselves to recognize that truth. When we actually assess what is this doing for me, then we can challenge that this is trying to keep me safe. It's trying to keep me in a predictable state. It's trying to keep me stuck and comfortable. We can challenge that and we can focus on the person we want to become. How does that person handle these moments? How does that person make these decisions? Then we have to lean into the fear and uncertainty and kill off that saboteur that lives inside of you. One of the most powerful things that I heard, we did a Q&A with uh, Lauren, Laura Mikatish, the the iron giantist. And it was for everybody in the challenge. They were treated to this one hour long exclusive Q and a with her. And she said something that I thought was, was so profound. She said that she has like 10 different voices and she's, she actually names them. And we all do. We all have these, these internal voices that communicate different things, right? We have the, The person that judges, we have the person that's so critical, we have the person that is compassionate and kind, we have the voice that's, um, you know, really mean and and revengeful, and we have the one that compares to everything. Like we have all these different voices that are all trying to get a say. And, And the one that is telling you, like, you're not worthy, you can't do this, you suck, right? Like she actually names that voice and she's like, anybody. Like if I had a child that was speaking that way, I would put them in timeout. I would put them in the corner. And she's like, I literally say that to this voice. Like, okay, you're on timeout. You're being mean. I'm going to put you in the corner and you need to shut the fuck up. Like being able to identify that internal dialogue and, and retrain your brain as to what is truth and what is serving you, you can shift in an instant. You can shift from punishment and perfectionism to grace, compassion, and curiosity almost instantly. Now, it does not necessarily happen overnight, but it can. It can, and you can continue to work on it. Where you place your attention, that is going to be what matters most. Your attention is one of the most valuable currencies that you have, and you control that currency. You control your attention. You control whether you focus on all of the bad things that happen in a given day, or if your attention is all on all of the positives. You control that attention. But ultimately, it doesn't need to happen overnight. All that needs to happen is gradual improvements over time. During those friction points, are you making more decisions in alignment with who you want to become or not? That version that you believe that you are destined to be, that that highest level version of yourself is far from perfect. So it's not saying, hey, that version of me will never binge again. It's saying, hey, that version of me will approach each binge with compassion and curiosity and will learn from it and will get a little bit better as a result of it. And if you can simply reduce that time between the event and the regroup and the refocus, you win. You win. And I think it's also worth saying if if you feel like that is a lot to carry on your own and don't try to do it on your own. It might be a lot to carry. Like you don't get bonus points for flying solo. You don't get bonus points for trying to figure this all out on your own. Like I'm I'm in therapy <laughs> for myself and couples therapy and I have a coach. Like I'm not leaving this shit to chance. It's too important to me. It's too meaningful. I've got a team basically. Like I'm that fucked up. I've got a team to help me check myself and to help me through this. You don't need a whole team like me, but shit, like there is no reason to have to do this on your own. There is support that is ready and willing to help you. You Just have to reach out and take that first step and go get it. Hopefully that's helpful. I would love to hear any feedback that you have. If this was helpful at all, if this resonated with you at all, let me know. And uh, if you want to get started in one of our programs, the best thing to do right now is message me if you want to be on the wait list for our one-on-one or DM me the word essentials if you want to get hooked up with 50% off our pop essentials program. You don't have to stay for it. You can do the month, you take the discount and run, or you can stay as long as you want, as long as you find it useful. Um, I think that it'll be a really impactful thing and it's low barrier of entry, really helpful. And uh, just hit me up, you know where to find me, and I will talk to you next time.